Tickle Me. I'm your host, Julia Newcorn. Tickle Me is a podcast about how media and entertainment influence our self-expression and the ways we think about the world around us. And um, new episodes come out every Sunday, so make sure to to follow or subscribe or whatever uh, on whatever app that you listen to your podcasts. Um, and if you want, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, just like you would leave a YouTube comment, to be honest. It's so fun for me, and I would really appreciate it. Also, give it a rating. That's fun, too. Today, I'm going to be talking about a couple of different things. I'm going to be discussing online relationships, like meeting people online, like friends, and how that's changed in today's, I don't know, decade, like how that how that is like so normal now. And I'm also going to be talking about something completely different, but it's been on my mind. How conversation is represented in books and movies and TV shows and stuff. I am going to start with that, actually. But before I do, I'm just going to, like, talk a little bit. Let me just tell you what's been up, okay? I have been so busy. I got a job, and they've just scheduled me a lot. Um, So I've just been really busy and I have a lot of schoolwork these days, so I've been really, really busy with that, and I'm, like, falling behind a little bit, but that's fine, I guess. I don't know. It's, like, so weird to have to, like, budget my time as compared to a few months ago when I was literally just doing nothing and, like, one thing, doing one thing will just, like, take up all of my energy, but now I'm doing a ton of things. Um, I work at a grocery store, so it's not hard. It's, like, I just, like, scan things um I so like thankfully it's not like physically exhausting or anything and like thankfully my coworkers are really kind people but I I'm like really busy <laughs> now because just you know I've got these seven hour chunks taken out of my day like most days so I've got all this homework to do I have to read two books um one of them is Dracula the other one is this book called My Soul to Keep and it's really good. So far, I'm on page 205 out of like 360 or something. So I'm getting there. I am a pretty fast reader, I guess. Like when I was younger, I would tear through books because I would read all the time. So my speed was really good. And I'm getting back <laughs> to that level. I was reading My Soul to Keep. The author is Tananarev Du. Just if you need, wanted to find it. Um, and read it. I I really recommend it. I was reading this book and I was reading the conversation and I was like, damn, like this is not how it would go over in real life. So for context in the book, there are these two, the two main characters, David and Jessica, they're married and David is actually an immortal being. And most similarly compared to a vampire, he doesn't like suck blood though. But he's, like, immortal and um, blood, like, the blood of life, like, some ritual with the with the blood of life, like, made him immortal. So it's kind of similar to a vampire. But it's also, like, I don't know if it's based on real myth, but he's, like, from Ethiopia and stuff. So maybe there's some sort of myth about immortal beings from there. I'm definitely going to look it up. I need to anyway because I have to write a book review about it. But, so, David just revealed to Jessica like who he really is and they've been married for a long time and they have a child I'm reading kind of how she's reacting to this crazy news um she believes him because he like 
kills himself basically but doesn't die and she sees that but she's like also traumatized because she saw her husband try to kill himself and stuff like you know there's a lot of like trauma there um (laughs) but so I'm reading I'm reading this book and it's like just not how someone would react but also just like the ways that they talk like David is a professor he's very smart and he is like 500 years old but he talks so eloquently all the time and I just and like he's talking about something really emotionally traumatic right now like I just don't really think that this is how it would actually go like I guess I should just read a little bit and just pay attention to how you wouldn't talk like this if you were really emotionally distraught talking about one of the hardest times of your life to your loved one who is dealing with believing you that you are 500 years old. Okay. Life was backward here. I planned to go home right after the war, and I did visit briefly in the 1890s. Ethiopia was being encroached upon by t- Italians, and I went to fight to fend them off, but I returned here. Why? He sighed. How can I explain? The other Africans here shared my wounds. Does that make sense to you? Just as I could never illustrate to any mortal all I have seen and felt in my lifetime, I could never expect my life brothers to understand all I have seen and felt here. So, like, you see how eloquent... I feel like he just talks really, like, well. And he's, like, clearly not okay. Like, because also the book is, like, David sighed again, a ragged sound, and she realized he was going to cry soon. And, like, David took a long, labored breath. But it's, like, he's not... Well, I guess farther down the page, it reads, Even in the darkness, Jessica could see David's frame shaking violently as he spoke. Suddenly, he sobbed and collapsed against her. For the next hour, he wept in her arms. But still, even the way that it's narrated just doesn't... It just makes it seem so fake. And I know that it is, but I think that if a book is written in a way that feels more real, then it really hits you. Because this, like, see, this moment here, maybe some people would, would like, feel it more than others. Even though I really like this book, I feel like it just should be written in a way that compels me to really feel for these characters, and it doesn't. Um, And I think it's just got to do with the dialogue and the narration. If you've ever read The Knife of Never Letting Go, which is book one of the Chaos Walking series by Patrick Ness, um, that book is really interesting because the way it's narrated is in the thoughts of the narrator. And the narrator is literate. So his thoughts, it's like things are spelled differently. It's very staccato, kind of. Like it's very stop and go, broken up. And it makes you feel more connected to the emotional events because you can really see and understand how the narrator is feeling and how he's like talking about his experiences or thinking about his experiences as they're happening. Um, I like that. I mean, it is harder to read. Like this book is definitely a very smooth read. And I think part of the reason the narrator definitely chose to narrate in a very smooth way because you know we're talking about a 500 year old man here like he's had a lot of time to make his speech really nice and smooth and but yeah so I find this in television and in movies too I don't know any sitcom 
even though it's like supposed to be funny, it's like the things that they're doing and saying, like it's very, very scripted. And it's very obviously not how things would happen in real life. Because, you know, they need to time it correctly so that we feel the comedic effect. Um, and that means that they need to have the right words at the right times. And so if someone's like really stuttering over their words or maybe struggling emotionally with something, like it's not going to be funny in the same way. And I think with comedy, it also gives us sort of an outlet. Like it gives us an escape from real life because it's so not like real life and it's so stupid um, that it gives us comfort, you know? And I think that um, like having such scripted speech just helps with that but also it just you I think that's maybe my the reason why I have trouble like finishing shows or liking characters because the speech is just not realistic and so I don't feel a connection to them like they don't read off as real humans to me so I don't feel anything for them um in contrast I've been watching this new show on Netflix, Grand Army, which I think is maybe targeted towards a younger demographic because it is about high school and I feel kind of weird watching it, honestly. But I like it because it's really realistic, um, kind of, sort of, but a little bit. I mean, the speech is still really scripted, but a little bit less so. I think it's so it's about like just high schoolers living their life and going through struggles in, in like 2020. The way that like two high schoolers talk to each other, like they really kind of keep that alive, I guess. And like just like what they're talking about, how they're talking, um, like their their vernacular, their lexicon, all of that, like I think is a lot more realistic to the time. Uh, um <clears throat> and the lighting and stuff and like the setting like it's all very realistic so I think that and like they look high school aged so that helps Ooh, is someone awake I'll take a coffee break so I think like with movies too like they're they're always like long freaking scenes where someone's like there's always like that one character that like gives like they're really annoying and they always give like big like emotional speeches to someone and it's like pretentious and annoying I definitely oh my god my voice is going away <clears throat> are, we, are we back we're kind of back okay that definitely also just adds to the well one i'm not going to pay attention to what they're saying um, but two, I'm not going to like the character. And three, it's not realistic. So I'm not going to connect to the character or whoever they're talking to either. And this happens a lot. And I think that um, maybe a good show, a good movie that doesn't do that, which I didn't like the movie, but I liked the dialogue. I didn't like the context of it, actually. But I just liked how they were saying, not what they were saying. But um, Before Sunrise, a movie, it's like a love story between um, this like American man and this French woman and they meet on a train in, in um, Europe and this man like needs to stay awake all night so that he can get on his plane to go back to America the next morning. So the woman like decides like they meet and they decide to spend the night together just like walking around like some European city like I think Vienna or something. They just it's kind of just one long conversation like the movie doesn't exactly have a plot. It's just them kind of like getting to know each other and like gaining affection for each other. Not falling in love because you can't do that in one night. But like just, you know, 
they like each other. And it's just one long conversation. And like the way that they talk is really real. And I think also because the woman is French, but she's speaking English. And you can tell like her, she has a very heavy accent and like she does a lot of stuttering. She's very fluent in English, but she still does a lot of stuttering when like coming up with what to say. I think that the ways that they talk like it really makes the movie because like otherwise it's just another shitty rom-com or whatever but I really appreciate it because I really felt like I could connect to those characters and I was like all angsty and stuff when I was watching it um I didn't like the characters well you know what I did I liked the woman I liked her she was cool also I liked her outfit that's cool like I wish that more tv shows did that and more movies and maybe i just need to find those because i know that they exist but i think that's the problem it's like everyone's like trying to make this dramatic statement with their art with their writing and with their production but it's not the same i think that also directing is part of this so like um i was watching this behind the scenes with like of directing um with the woman who directed Pretty Women, no, Little Women, no, the one with Timothy Chalamet, I don't know which one that is, she also directed Lady Bird, well, whatever, you you know who I'm talking about, and she, I was watching her interview, and she was like, yeah, like, I really, like, let the actors kind of improvise, and, like, I move the camera as they move, and so it looks very, natural and i think that's another way that you can make it seem natural and real instead of these dramatic shots and like the dramatic lighting like it's just there's just ways that you can make it better and i think like some people really appreciate the dramatics but i don't i just think they're they're not for me i guess yeah i don't know because I think for me, like, I just really do need to connect with the characters in order to actually appreciate the story. Well, I can appreciate the story without the characters, but, like, to really enjoy myself. So that's why those things are so important to me, and I think that's why I notice them more. Um, so you can disagree with me and stuff. Um, but I do think those are the facts. I laid them out straight. Like, that's that. <laughs> Mic drop, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm going to drink some coffee. Mm, I spilled on myself. Okay. I'm going to like have a not smooth transition to my second topic for today. And that topic is meeting people online. I think that it, we're living in a really strange and new era where we're meeting people online. Now, I used to watch this girl on YouTube, woman on YouTube, and her name is Ella Snyder. And she makes vlogs and she like goes to Parsons and she recently came out as trans. So she's really big into trans representation and she's really cool. She's like been done a lot of like active, like, I don't know, just social media, like awareness, I would say for like trans lives and trans identities and stuff. She's a photographer and she's making this like photography book with trans folks in it. So, but I started watching her a few years ago and I liked her content because she just vlogged like day in life as a college student in NYC or whatever. And I was like fascinated. I was like, you know, a freshman in Denver and I was like really sad and stuff. And I was like, wow, I want that. And that's part of the reason why I decided to come to college here in New York 
but also, I don't know, I just liked her content, I guess. She also made pretty realistic vlogs. Like she was, she kind of showed it all, I would say. But she, she talked, she had a lot of friends that she met online, um, like through Instagram. That is something that I think is really cool. And I think that we, a lot of us experience these days, and if not like friend friends that we meet up with, we still like are friends with people online that we've never actually hung out with. I can think of a few people that I follow on Instagram who follow me and we like respond to each other's like stories or comment and stuff on each other's posts, but we, um, we don't know each other. Um, and who knows if we'd get along in real life, but I think it's cool that we can do that these days. And I, I mean, I do really wish that we could have like fun meet cutes with friends and significant others and stuff like, like people used to have. But also, it's like, we just, like, we can't go back. The way that we socialize is so different now. And it's not like we can just go back to the way it used to be. Like, people meet each other online now, and that's just a fact. I mean, like, half the people I know who are in relationships met their their um, partner on a dating app or something. You know, it's just, that's just how it is. So I haven't made friends through Instagram, like, actually. But I think I've used Instagram as, like, a in-between stage thing. So, like... I followed someone on Instagram. We knew we have mutuals and then we met each other somewhere and then like with our mutuals and then that's how we kind of like became friends. Because like also I feel like you just kind of follow your friends' friends on social media sometimes and so that kind of helps. So it's like weird because like you kind of know more about each other than you've told each other um, just from online. But also like because your online presence is so different from your real life presence like what you choose to post about yourself you know that it's weird too because you think you know someone better than you actually do but you know that and you you continue to like check yourself but still so that's like kind of weird a weird part of that but I think it's cool I think like in general I think it's a, a really cool way that we can meet someone these days okay so another way obviously that people meet each other online is through dating apps but like i don't know they have bumble bff now which is cool um i don't know how good it is i've never tried it but i'm sure i'm going to try it someday in my life but also just like tinder bumble hinge like to meet partners you know or to meet hookups i have met like a good amount of people i would say maybe on tinder and i haven't had any relationships really come from that well I've had one um I actually had a friendship come from that so I met this this guy on tinder I hope he's not listening I met this guy on tinder and we followed each other on instagram and like we're instagram friends for a year and then we met up recently over the summer and like thought we were like in a fling but then we weren't we decided to be friends now we're friends we just like catch up sometimes like we text sometimes we call sometimes we like uh, still interact on social media and like when I go back home like I'm gonna hang out with him like for friends and that's all that's one of my first friends that I've made independent of school or a mutual friend I think ever and I feel very close to him you know like I feel like we're really close friends I'm like I'm really proud of myself and I think a few years ago I would think anyone you meet on social media like that's not a genuine 
way to connect with someone. It's like cheating or something. Like you're cheating to make friends. But you know, no, you're not. Like it's just a way that people meet now. And we just have to accept that. There's no stigma around it. Get rid of it. I mean, this friendship that I made like really did get me through like the summer of COVID. Like I wasn't seeing like anyone but this person. And that socialization like really helped me out. And it just like, it's nice to have a friend to talk to, you know? I just think that's so freaking cool. I've also, I mean, I've like had Tinder hookups and stuff. And like, I think that's cool too, how you can just like meet people, learn their stories, never talk to them again. Or you can, like the other day, one of them texted me and was like, do you want to hang out? And I was like, well, I can't because I'm not in Chicago, but like, I appreciate it. You know, you can just, you have these contacts now that you've just met. And like, we would have never met, you know, if we hadn't met online. And I think that's so cool because it really does connect you by distance. These people distantly, like they're, they're close to you physically, like within like, you know, three miles, five miles, whatever, 10, 20. And age wise, they're near you too. Like this person's like 22 or whatever. That's so cool that like, you know, these apps just take your age or the ages that you want and the distance that you want. And then they're like, here, you're, here are the people that maybe might be interested in meeting you too. Um, it's really helpful because people are just so, I think it's really scary to just approach someone. Plus like PC culture says that like men shouldn't approach women on the street or like people just shouldn't approach people on the street because it's like freaky. And I agree, like, if a man, like, tries to hit on me on the street, I'll probably be afraid of him, you know, <laughs> or, like, really sketched out. I, like, try to keep an open mind, but I think it's pretty scary a lot of the time. And you just never know. And I, I mean, that's another aspect of, like, meeting people online is that if, you know, if I meet someone on Tinder and we're like, let's hang out, it's, it's a, there's a big risk going into that. I could get catfished. They could, they could do something to me. I mean, with any, I mean, with any relationship, like your friends, someone you meet can do something to you. But like, you know, this is an extra thing, an extra risk because you just don't know them at all. And I think we use social media also just to like to reassure us that these people are real, you know, and and that they have lives and that they exist and that they have friends. And so then maybe if if all of those things are real, then they won't hurt us. Yeah, I don't know. Um <laughs> I just, uh, I guess, what's my message here? Do I have one? No, I just think it's cool. And I think that we should destigmatize meeting people. Like, I think a lot of celebrities have met online, sort of. If you think about it, if you're a celebrity, you hear about someone else through the grapevine. Or you have to, like, let's say you're a YouTube celebrity. A lot of them meet each other online, like they follow each other online. They're like, this person is another YouTuber. We have similar demographics. So maybe we would get, and we make similar content. So maybe we'd get along. They follow each other on Instagram. They like comment on each other's posts. And then maybe one day they'll meet up in real life and they're like, oh, internet friends, like met up in real life. And it's like, it's the same damn thing. Even if they have more followers and their relationship is also kind of a spectacle. Um, it's still, they're just meeting someone who they don't know. And they're inter internet friends. They met each other online. Um, it's so cool. I love it. <laughs> I wish I had more of that. And I think with podcasting, that's a big one because you oftentimes you're gonna, I'm like people 
get guests because they follow them online or they notice them online and they think, oh, this person would be really cool to talk to on my podcast about X, Y, and Z. Like this one podcast that I listened to that I actually recommend that you go check out, Jen Bipoc or Jen B-I-P-O-C. Um, the host, like the host, she, like a lot of the people she interviews, she just finds on Twitter and she's like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? And then they are, they're like, yeah. And then they meet and they're and on the podcast. She's like, Oh my God, I'm so glad that we've met now. Like, it's so good to meet you. I think that that's going to happen to me a lot more as I continue with this podcast, as I get older, as I meet new people, experience new things. Hopefully my podcast will grow and that will also help me meet new more people through it and through social media. That's that, baby. <laughs> so today was a shorter episode. I like have a lot of shit to do because I'm behind on school, but I hope that you enjoyed it. This was a really last minute recording. It's Saturday. It goes out. I'm editing it and then putting it out tomorrow at 5 a.m. Sunday. This is Julia from the future. The podcast did not go out at 5 a.m., but it did go out on Sunday. So um, hopefully you really liked it and I would love for you to talk to me about it, you know, contact me, talk to me about what you think. What are your thoughts on meeting people through social media or through Tinder, dating apps, friendship apps? What are your thoughts on connecting to characters through dialogue and how and like the realistic what am I saying? How realistic television shows, books, movies, all of those things, all of those things are. Does authenticity of the narrator's voice or like realisticness of the narrator's voice like add significance to the story and how you take the story? Yes, I think it does. I don't know. Those are all like, those are just <laughs> discussion questions. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I hope that you like today's episode. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Yeah, keep it cool, folks. Keep it cool. Peace out.